Hey, Peter. Hey, have you heard of the soft touch? Uh, isn't that like a chamois that you use on your vehicle? No. Have you heard of the safe touch? I, that I have heard of. <laughs> I'm Adam Mattis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you uh, live from Open Studio. We're here at the piano. Back at the piano, right? Back at the piano. We we like to come back to the piano periodically. We do have our crappy M-Audio keyboard. Shout out M-Audio. What's up? (laughs) Keep on being crappy with your keyboards. No, (laughs) No, we have that over in the pod cave. Talk Uh, about soft touch. That that, that M-Audio is very... Ridiculous. Unsafe soft. touch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, M-Audio is already a little moldy from being in the podcast. That's right. We had to step away for health reasons. It's always good to come over to the Steinway. Yeah. And uh, people people like the Steinway episodes, man. Yeah. Now, yeah. real big shout out to Steinway. Huge shout out. <laughs> Nothing moldy about a Steinway. No, no. Well, sometimes but, they are, but it's... Yeah, that's it's never separate, the Steinway's fault. Never the Steinway's yeah. fault. Uh, you know, so today, uh, you've been doing a string of concerts that I've actually watched, mm. uh, which you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, oh, you mean you're welcome for the free tickets I got you? Yes, yeah, so you yeah. are welcome. Yeah, actually, thank you for the free tickets. <laughs> now, I just saw you at Diane Reeves over the weekend. It that was, was fun. unbelievable. One of the best shows I've seen in a long, long time. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting right here. Uh, I am. But uh, <laughs> it was incredible. And, and one of the things that I noticed strongly uh, in your playing that I was super jealous of that I wanted to talk about and see if we can get your thoughts on mm. is... On, on, we played a, a beautiful version of Wayne Shorter's Infant Eyes mm. um, that Diane wrote lyrics to. The gorgeous lyrics. Yeah, they're really nice. Really nice. And she's just kills it. And your touch on the ballad was so just beautiful and, and round and, and perfect. And you were doing all these, these different bell tone effects and all mm. these different effects. And I just want to talk about, with you specifically how you approach playing a ballad like that, mm. either under a singer or, you know, I mean, when you have the melody, there's some dynamic things that have to happen so you can bring that out. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering about like when you're accompanying someone and you know, you, you, you played sparsely. Sometimes you played what would be a lot, but it fit perfectly other times. And I'm just mm. wondering what you're thinking of when you're doing that. Well, I, I mean, first of all, I love playing ballads. So I've, I've, um, you know, it's like anything. If you, have fun doing it and enjoy it and kind of have a passion for it. I think if you do this long enough, it can become a, um, you know, kind of more advanced part of your playing because yeah. we just, you know, naturally going to put that energy and time into not only practicing the, the kind of elements you need to be able to pull it off, but also listening and just thinking about it and doing it, you know? And so with that group, I have a, a, a big advantage in that I've played with Diane a lot and mm-hmm. accompanied her a lot. So, it's, um, uh, I mean, really, I should be doing it better than I am considering how much I've done it, you know, oh, because man, you definitely, there, there's like a, 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 there's like a continuum to, to one's development if you have an opportunity to do it a lot. And I think what also has helped is I've done it in a lot of different situations, small clubs, big concert halls, different kinds of pianos, difficult pianos. That was a, that's a great piano they have at the Sheldon Sounded concert great. hall. And uh, so that's, that's a big advantage. And the room sounds great. Yeah. And I think especially on the ballad, that piano yeah. sounded absolutely terrific yeah you get a a real chance to to hear it acoustically Mm -hmm. in the room and so i think whenever you have that and there's like a lot of very natural kind of controlled reverb i would say in that room yeah yeah um and it's a good sounding soft piano some pianos sound better being played loudly some some have a better 
tone when they're played quietly. I think that one leans towards the quiet. Yeah. Which yeah, makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think so. It, it was not necessarily like the, the evenness or the easiest to control instrument. Yeah. So I, I definitely remember a little, you got to put a little bit of energy into that. But That's if true. you commit to that, that kind of actually helps me too from overplaying sometimes. Yeah. Because just to be able to have the energy to, like, you almost have to really think about and make sure that you nail the voicings at the right time because you don't want to be shifting around too much, you know. So before we get super, super far into it, you set up the song with a, a bit of a Roboto intro mm-hmm. um, solo. And I'm wondering, like, when you're called upon to do that, what do you, what do you think of? What are you basing that around? Are you thinking about the tune? Or are you just on the spur of the moment? You know? Yeah, I'm very spur, spur of the moment with that in that situation. I mean, to the point where, like, I don't think about anything. And so what ends up happening in, until I start. Right. Like as I'm starting, I'm just kind of creating something. What ends up happening, like I'm not, I'm definitely not 100% accurate. And I mean, 100% like nailing it. That was pretty good the other night. I'm, I'm more like yeah, four out of five or six out of seven come out really good. And so I, I, I think what, I, what you gain in being in the moment and the spontaneity and, and kind of what the energy of the gig and the, the room can give you, mm-hmm. you do lose every five gigs or so. I mean, not that it's like horrible, but I, I've definitely done some sort of pedestrian intros on there. Whereas if you have one thing planned out, it's not going to have that spontaneity, but you can have the consistency. So you're just putting your hands on the keys and then whatever comes in to your head first. So yeah. You just play and kind of, I, I heard you develop a, like a yeah. little motif throughout and I'm, you know, I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah. And I think that's where the kind of, um, luck or the more that you can connect yourself with the moment if because i'm definitely trying to build to develop something it's not necessarily a build sometimes it is sometimes it isn't but whatever i start with that becomes the theme so like if you if you get lucky and play something nice to start with yeah then then you it makes it so much easier because i'm really like tuned into like it's like you're starting a story it's like those things when they give you like a a word or a theme now tell a story about it or tell a joke about it yeah uh if you've got if you get lucky and get some good words to start with then it's something you're comfortable with that's cool yeah all right so getting getting more into it now um you know the the main thing for me that that i noticed as a pianist is the dynamics and your ability to play softly and Mm -hmm. evenly and I'm wondering if you could talk about the technique behind that. That takes a tremendous amount of technique. You know, technique is not all about playing yeah. fast and loud yeah. and clean or whatever. Um, I noticed you were using the soft pedal. Yeah. And yeah, don't be afraid of the soft pedal. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what are, you, what are you thinking of? I mean, you're not thinking of anything technically when you get there, hopefully. But when you practice this or when yeah. you first started trying to play this soft, this quietly, what are you thinking about? Well, I think what you just mentioned, actually, that's kind of the biggest uh, entry point to the mindset you need to be able to successfully play quietly. And that is that it's a technique. And so, like, you, we're always thinking about either fingering or speed, dexterity, all these things as part of technique. Rarely do we focus in on just the, like, what, how, how do we technically have to hold our hands? What do we have to do in order to be able to pull this off? And so what happens is as pianists, we don't really like, if you're a trumpet player and you have to like a classical trumpet player, especially or jazz trumpet player, but classical and and you're like learning these pieces or the orchestral excerpts or whatever there, where you have to play quietly, like it's such a different kind of technique and it's so challenging in a way. Yeah. They have speed with the fingers and all that stuff too, that I think they're sometimes more in tune with that than we are as pianists. So you have to, first of all, get interested in wanting to do it but then say okay i'm going to dedicate some of my technical practice to learning to play soft and to working on it and to developing it i wonder if you could just play a little bit of maybe that infinite if you want yeah um imagining that the melody is being played right like you're you're comping behind diane um in, in a style that you might um right on the gig so 
this is kind of kind of the stuff I do on the intro or whatever. And I mean, for sure, one thing, no matter what I do and, and harmonically it can, and melodically, it can go a lot of places, mm. but I usually do, try, and, and now I'm, I'm all the way down on the, um, the soft pedals fully engaged mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, whatever I am thinking about and concentrating on the little bit with the pedals is all about the right pedal mm. so that, you know, I can maximize the resonance, but I still have the kind of control because this can start to move around harmonically kind of quickly. You don't want to bleed it over. Right, right, right. So I'm actually just mashing that left pedal down, which is probably not the best thing. But um, so I, I think in terms of volume and touch, it, it's set the tone for a tune like this as much as, you know, either kind of rubato or certain harmonies or certain melodies. I think just the texture and the sound, the, the quietness of it, the kind of length of the notes, yeah. that's all just as important as like pulling off something. Like really on this intro, and I know you were asking about something else. Sorry, right. no, no, no. But good. it's like on the, but it got me thinking again about the intro. It, it, it's like you can get away with a really great intro and play nothing interesting melodically. Yeah. Because when, when you're playing a tune like this that has such a strong melody coming up, yeah. you know? Yeah, you're putting just something in the air, right? Like you're yeah. Just kind of like setting the room up for whatever's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like you go to a great restaurant and, you know, you have to get some good food at a certain point, but like they can be putting the glass there and the menu and they're walking yeah. by and all these things. throw a little amuse-bouche up in there. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> I actually had a amuse-bouche. We can talk about that maybe on tomorrow. Last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, Very rare good. that I partake in. It was given to me. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so I think that we do want to think about the mood as much and that's usually yeah. not as much of a melodic thing but if you're playing and it's just piano without the rhythm section for the intro it's a texture it's a color it's exactly yeah, yeah. yeah but i mean i'm always sort of i mean 19 out of 20 times playing this with that group with diane i'm ending up on this d7 sharp nine and i think on saturday i don't remember exactly what i played but i think i was pretty because of what we played before it might have been the same key or similar Mm -hmm. like i went sort of at some different places harmonically yeah you did so at a certain point i am thinking i got to get here and not only that this tune is a tricky one yeah for to hear that first note yeah Yeah. this is one of the only i'll give away a little little secret about diane reese this is one of the only ones that i have to i don't have to but i give her I'll, i'll play something like this good she never needs and i'm and at this point she probably doesn't need it but there was one time when i didn't and she was just like you know it's hard to hear hear. yeah yeah yeah. um and so i'll you know one thing with that too is i'll give it so that you don't have to be like you know i'll do like (laughs) i'll voice it out in that chord you gotta be sly with it a little bit yeah and then i might do something like that cool so um yeah i think that the um You know, when you're playing rubato, and then even when the rhythm section comes in, we want to think about in terms of, like, to really get that full sound. I mean, to me, it's not that hard to play quietly, but to play quietly, like, with a full sound. That is hard. You know, and evenly, where it's not like... Yeah. Um, But then, you know, also, I'll do a lot of, like... You know, where you can kind of control things. It sort of gives it an interesting melodic, you know... It seems like you use a lot of of that kind of broken voicings up... Up, upper register yeah. back to the mid register back to the upper like little bell tone effects little yep. little copy things like that yeah it's very cool uh so speaking of the bell tone effect so mm-hmm. you do do um you do do yeah, do do <laughs> you do do like some little octave things i noticed yeah and then some, some like i said some broken chords some just kind of yeah chords up high yeah a lot of times with the stuff up there i almost think about it and sometimes we'll even interact with 
the drums like with sort of symbol things that they do with the brushes where they're not like bing yeah but like they either turn the brush around or sometimes they'll just hit it with the brush little scrapes and stuff yeah it'll be like you know i think about it the placement of it similar to that and Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily have to do it together but sometimes he or she will do it and then maybe at the next measure i'll do it at a different place i don't know something that sort of seems complimentary to it putting little sparkles in the yeah 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 Yeah. almost like a triangle or whatever you know and then so a big part of how we did things that affects the way that i play is we have a guitarist yeah so i actually play a lot less i I try to really take advantage of that and the way homero lubombo plays on that tune he has a fair amount of movement the way that he comes. kind of arpeggiating the yeah. chords from both the top and the bottom. Yep. Yeah. Time. And that's a great thing. And if you have a guitarist that does that nicely, like for the piano, like we can take advantage of, we don't have to play as much. Mm-hmm. And so we can control even better in terms of volume, touch, nuance, all those, you know, textures. Yeah. And, and sometimes I'll use that by just coming in a little bit later and really slowly, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also like on the ballad, when you have a good rhythm section and, and when we start to play ballads like this, I really think about the rhythm section as bass and drums only. Yeah. Like we're, we're moving away from the rhythm section on this. So we don't have to be like one and three all the time, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And if you're confident in your time, you can just kind of be like, you know, it's like... You can play like this. See, that's what I'm talking about. Rolling little chords yeah. and then filling them in and breaking things up. Like yeah, that. and if you feel like rhythmically, I'm not like right at the beat, but I can feel where the beat is. And when the drums and bass, you don't have to be like locked in. Like, I mean, you can be locked in without making it sound locked. Another thing I noticed you do that I do as well, and you were just playing the melody there, but it's a similar concept where you're not playing the melody, but you're kind of voice leading on the top of the chord you know, with the voicings from yeah. one to the other. Yeah. Not just playing chord, chord, but like dun, a little melody on top yeah. to help lead it to the next thing. Yeah, 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 cool. absolutely. And I think sometimes that's sort of a less is more thing in that there'll be times where it's like, wow, I'm adding in something that we don't necessarily need, but if it's at the right placement, like I'll play less at different times, especially knowing that there's a guitar, Yeah. Uh, and then kind of add something in as the moment, you know, just to kind of interject. It's, it's just that art of conversation kind of thing. Yeah. But like... Really, with this song, the way that Diane sings is so beautifully, like, you got to get out the way. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to do any. I mean, she leaves plenty of, like, nice breaths and musical things. Mm-hmm. But it's like, just let the, I mean, what a beautiful melody. Oh, what a beautiful lyric. Yeah. So we talk about let the tune. I mean, really, she could do that with just bass and drums. And I could occasionally be like, yeah. and they would <laughs> yeah, be fine, fine, you know. So, man, one more thing technically yeah. before we, we shove off here. So you, you do this a lot in your ballad soloing when we get mm-hmm. to the solo. And you don't have to go deep into this, but... There's a lot of out-of-time things happening. Like you, yeah. you can kind of keep the pulse with your left hand a little bit, but you, your melodic lines are of their own time. They're, yeah. not, they're not, you know, that, 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 yeah. that. You know, you're not with the groove exactly. You're, you're creating this own free-sounding thing. Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's something that I, I definitely developed slowly over the years. It wasn't like, I mean, I used to play everything more traditional, and I sometimes I still do that. Like this, I try to do what's appropriate for like the tune and the mood. And yeah. so the way that I'll play the intro kind of sets things up, and then the way Diane sings the melody, the way we're playing, it's floaty. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, but there is definitely a pulse there. Yeah. And so, you know, the bass is Reginald Veal in this instance is so great at like not overplaying, but he's really that pulse. And so that gives freedom you know, with the drums and with me. And so when it gets to the solo, it just doesn't feel like it should go into like this sort of strict, yeah. you know. No, it's so effective, man. Yeah. And, and it, like you said, it keeps it really, really, really floaty. Uh, I wonder if you could just demonstrate just a little bit maybe in, in, in the solo over Infinite. Yeah, okay. A couple bars. Oh, and that. I'll just say two, like, so it's like, let's see, three, 
four since we don't have the bass and drums. So what I'm trying to do, I wasn't totally successful. So I'll play a little bit of what the bass. This is more than I'd be yeah, playing left like hand. Like in time with the yeah. Left hand, yeah, yeah. But the one one way to get into this kind of playing is don't feel like you have to just force yourself totally there. But if you think about as opposed to where you start the phrase, where you're coming out of the phrase, being out of time, that can help. So if you start like three, four. That's super it's hip. Little, so you start in time, yeah, boom, dun, and then slide out, boom, dun, and then by the end of the phrase, you've just kind of let it, yeah, devolve into something else. Exactly, and I think too, you can you can think about that with the melody, the rhythm, and the harmony kind of linking up there. So, so it's G minor. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. where you wait to resolve the harmony till afterwards because it's yeah. not always like playing in and out of time the the way we hear things sometimes the harmony is is a bigger part of it than we think man that's great yeah well thanks man yeah, thanks for, for talking about it that's super cool i'm gonna steal all of that <laughs> <laughs> uh and i encourage you too at home right. uh shout out to youtube what's uh, up YouTube? watching on a piano episode man we've been the, the youtube channel's kind of blowing up at least in the comments section oh uh, man well we had a controversial episode Ooh, yeah. we, we're not even prepared to talk about no, that no yet. we'll yeah. come back to that we're, come, we're, uh, we're coming for you if you're listening to this podcast on uh your phone and you want to see what's going on we do have an overhead camera on youtube so you can check oh, yeah. out what peter's playing uh, it's yep. pretty great. And uh, oh, you know what we have today? What? You know we have the premiere of, of a new feature today. Oh, that's right. We this have is our so first, exciting. Our first ending song sent in by a listener. We are taking your tunes and we want to play them at the end of each episode. Um, if you have a song that you want to hear on the You'll Hear It podcast towards the end, you can send it to our producer, Andrew. That's Andrew at OpenStudioNetwork.com. Yep. And today is from, do we know this gentleman? We do know this gentleman. This is Josh Rager. Josh has done some transcribing for us. Oh, he is. Oh, he's yeah, a friend, yeah. of the, friend of the Open Studio. Friend of, friend of the studios. podcast. Yeah, this is a, a tune by him called Twinkle Toes. And is this related to Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star? Cl- the classic? Yeah. Yeah, well, it is. Well, for the you Suzuki people out there, it's always an A violin. Oh, wow. Look at that Suzuki nerd over yeah. there. <laughs> So hey. I'll just say one quick tip. Actually, this I wasn't even thinking about doing this. Are you going to do a Suzuki lesson? Then? Well, just think about, you know, because I came up doing Suzuki violin. I actually didn't do Suzuki piano. But if you take like some very simple, certainly technical things, but just simple piano pieces, if you want to work on your soft playing, get that left pedal and also your left pedal, your soft yeah, pedal yeah, technique. Yeah. And great for right, the right hand pedal technique too. Oh, to work on your soft yeah. playing with a simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, what yeah. you like, like listening... You don't want to have anything jumping out, especially for the left-hand control, you know, for different things. Our Steinway here in studio, not the greatest soft piano. Yeah, not not the greatest. Uh, Josh, thank you so much. Again, send your tunes to andrew at openstudionetwork.com. Yep. And uh, let's check out Twinkle Toes. Yep. You'll hear it. You'll hear it.